So there's backing it up, and then there's really, really backing it up. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up Daily Shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. Pirates 11, Cardinals 7. The Pirates overcame a six-run deficit and won by four. It's the first time for a turnaround that dramatic within a single game for this franchise since World War II, specifically August 11, 1944, against the New York Giants. And even that's not the most wow thing on the day, because there were multiple wow things, beginning with all of the wow stuff that came from Gregory Polanco's mouth earlier in the day in response to hearing it from some fans in the bleachers after his awful error the previous night cost the Pirates a chance at a sweep against the Diamondbacks. I've been covering sports my whole life, and I can't count on one hand the number of times an athlete locally has criticized the fan base and A, been right, B, gotten away with it, C, exacted his semi-revenge on the very same day. I mean, so later in the evening, Polanco comes to the plate. Of course, game's now tied 7-7, and who's up? Yep, that's who. Polanco gets a 99-mile-an-hour fastball, drills it into the notch, and then he gets to second base and has the most emphatic, pronounced, almost angry, which isn't at all within his personality, celebration. And afterward, he was asked about that moment. Yeah, it was, it was you know, kind of uh, mixed both. You know, obviously, I wanna, I wanna uh, go over there, uh, go out there, and show. You know, like, and play that. You know, like I can still hit, I can still play. And obviously, you know, against a lefty, you know, that's a tough lefty right there, 99 miles per hour. And that's my first. I think that's my first uh, hit that I get against him. You know, he's my friend, and you know, we always talk. And I'm like, <laughs> I know he's nasty, so. And that moment, especially, you know, that was just part of the celebration, part of the happiness that I, you know, that I got the big hit right there. And, you know, just getting a hit against the lefty, getting a hit just always bringing, bringing uh, people in, you know, especially tight game, late in the game. That's always good. So, you know, I just, I was just happy. And, you know, like I was uh, great. That was a good pitch that usually I foul, foul it off or strike out, swing and miss. And I get that, you know, I've been working, getting to that pitch. So that was part of my happiness. That's why I was so fired up, especially getting the thing on top. Now take this from someone who only in yesterday's episode stated 
in the clearest, most blunt possible terms, that the Pirates really have no business playing Polanco for the stretch drive, that he he was right. He was right. He's been at this for a while. He's been here for a while. Things have gone south for Polanco. He doesn't use the shoulder surgery as an excuse. No one has to wonder whether or not the shoulder surgery affected him. You just have to watch him try to throw a baseball into the cutoff man. Not into the infield, just to the cutoff man. He can barely pull it off. He had a really ugly, nasty injury on that slide, you'll recall, and was never really able to recover from it, certainly not in any defensive capacity. What he's tried to do in the interim is to resuscitate his career from the hitting standpoint and understanding he's on a National League team, so there isn't any other way to utilize him other than to put him in the position that he's always played, that being, of course, right field. And he has been, in the words of Colin Moran after this very game, the best teammate I've ever had. Almost everyone associated with the organization, at least who's been around for any amount of time, will echo that. He is that popular. He is that beloved. And when he is gone, which he most certainly will be after this season, he will be missed. These things do matter in sports. Loyalties and friendships do matter in sports. And they do go both ways. I'm playing devil's advocate, kind of, in a way, to the episode from yesterday. Because while I advocate, still, right now, that that roster spot, that outfield spot, that batting lineup spot, should be going to greater use on a daily basis for the remainder of this season, and that would be way more valuable to the Pittsburgh Pirates than anything that they get out of Polanco. I will also, and always, respectfully defer to people on the inside when it comes to matters of clubhouse chemistry and intangibles. See, here's the thing. And yes, I can have it both ways to answer the question that you're asking right now. I can. Here's the thing. Polanco is part of what this team's been able to do from a dedication and persistence standpoint. No, of course the season hasn't been a success by any measure. This team's going to lose 100 games barring some kind of unforeseen miracle in September. There's nothing positive about that. There are some individual positives. Collectively, there's nothing positive from the record. But there is, as I've been saying all along, following wins, following losses, something to applaud and appreciate about a team that has stuck to it the way this one has. You've not seen any great fold the way you've seen, for example, in Baltimore 
arguably with Arizona, maybe with Texas. I don't follow the American League. You haven't seen that in Pittsburgh. What you've seen now is five, count them, five comebacks where the Pirates were down by four runs or more. That's tied for the most in the majors. We're talking about a team that's on the way to losing 100 games. And they've had as many of these massive rallies as anyone. That's astonishing. That's bizarre if you really want to get down to it. You've also seen that dedication and camaraderie and everything else that I'm describing here come into play, I believe, in the form of these fundamentals that I've been emphasizing for a while now. No, you don't get a trophy for being really good defensively. You don't get a trophy for being really smart in certain situations. But the Pirates have upgraded on both of those fronts dramatically from 2020 and before that from Clint Hurdle's team in 2019. This team is way better, and that happens as the result of work. So when a manager challenges his team to do these things, to apply themselves more, and then from there he challenges individual leaders to make sure that these things are getting done, to make sure that there's a standard that's upheld, to an extent you have to trust the manager if the manager is getting results. Once more, no, he's not getting the results in wins. Obviously, very obviously. But certain facets of the Pittsburgh Baseball Club in 2021 have unquestionably been an upgrade over the past. And if Derek Shelton has felt that Gregory Polanco has played any kind of role in that, then he has the right... I feel, to carry that soft spot for that player that I was describing yesterday. I don't have to like it, and I don't. You don't have to like it, but I do think it's fair to recognize what the Pirates' own thought process is on it and what the potential benefits might be, including stuff that we don't see for ourselves. When we come back, just one question. time for just one question that's always brought to you by our friends at the North Shore Tavern, directly across Federal Street from PNC Park, home of Steak on a Stone, home of the planet's only fully dedicated pirate sports bar, and home of some really, really good people. It's a proud, independent business owned and operated daily by Mike Sukic. It was the dream of his lifetime to have this type of establishment right where it is. And he's got not one, but two. He's got North Shore Tavern and the aptly named Mike's Beer Bar right next door. Stop in there and tell Mike that we said hello when you do that. You'll love meeting him. Today's question comes from Zach Brink, who asks, 
What do the Pirates do in right field and left field? In 2022, we have Polanco gone next year. O'Neill Cruz likely not ready to start the year. Swaggerty out, Travis Swaggerty out for the 2021 season, and Reynolds likely to stick in center field for now. I'd say you've assessed it pretty accurately there, Zach, and I have a feeling that what you'll see in the outfield next year is going to be kind of similar to this, meaning I do believe that Ben Gamble is going to continue to be a part of it. Uh, You can say what you want about the state of the system as it comes to outfielders, I feel that if Swaggerty hadn't hurt the shoulder, which he did very early in the season, that he would have had, oh my, not to rub it into the poor kid, but he would have had all kinds of time in the majors. Because if you see how lousy Jared Oliva was when he came up, you don't have to wonder what was going to be necessary to get a look at the Pittsburgh level. But it didn't happen. And now when Swaggerty comes back, the questions are going to be less about whether or not you know he's ready to help Pittsburgh, but more about is he ready to battle back from the shoulder injury. Heck, we're just talking about Polanco's entire career being derailed by a shoulder. Cruz is, as ever, a more complicated case. If you check out the Point Park University Friday Insider feature today on DK Pittsburgh Sports, you'll see that I share some original reporting from another team's scout who just went through the Pirates system. And one of the more interesting remarks that he makes is that he feels Cruz should stay at short. And he really, really likes Cruz. He doesn't see the need to move Cruz to the outfield. So I I wouldn't presume that that's automatic because I know for a fact that the Pirates themselves don't. So what are we looking at out there? Man, it's hard to say. I don't think we have those names right now, Zach. I really don't because I don't think you can just slam dunk Rodolfo Castro out there after what happened to him the past month. Remember, he's still never taken a solitary swing at the AAA level for some reason. And you don't really have a whole lot else. You're not going to put Yoshi Tetsugo out there because we've seen how he fields. Plus, he's a free agent after this year, so who knows what any of this means with his four home runs, including another one last night. Uh, It's easily the most uncertain facet of the 2022 team. I wish I had more definitive answers for you, my friend, but I'll bet the Pirates wish that as well. Thanks for the question. Thanks to everybody for listening to Daily Shot of Pirates, not just today, all week long, and always. This thing has become an awful lot of fun. It really has, in spite of the team's record. We'll have another one Monday. Mm -hmm.